Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favourite podcast app. Future you will thank you. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football family. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiou. It's our season preview show. We were going to do this yesterday and then the David Ryan news broke. So we had to change direction right at the last minute. But I'm kind of glad that we delayed it because it means we've got a brilliant special guest uh, alongside me to help me preview Arsenal season. And it's none other than Sky Sports reporter James Green. Um, James, how are you, mate? Good to see you. I'm good. I love the fact you got Martin Tyler giving you an introduction, mate. That's that's, that's big time. (laughs) He's he's big time. Oh, when was it? It must have been about three years ago now. I think one of the first ever episodes we did of this podcast, Martin Tyler, very kindly gave an interview and it was really, really cool. And he, he did that at the end of it, which was amazing. Um, and I've clutched onto it ever since and I'm never letting it go. Uh, <laughs> legendary guy. What can you do? What can you do? Uh, James, thank you so, so much for joining me, mate. Really, really appreciate it. Um, as always, I, I always get stick for starting the streams late in the content, in the comments. That's what happens. Uh, people don't like it, but they should expect it by now, to be honest. We're about three years in. So, to be fair, um, it's probably my fault for being technolo- technologically useless. Is that about right? <laughs> no, I would have been late anyway, to be fair. Okay. <laughs> I always take some of the brunt, though. Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> um, James, so good to have you, mate. Really, really looking forward to this. Arsenal, of course, enjoyed a really good season last time out, but it ultimately ended in a bit of disappointment, given that the Gunners weren't able to get over the line. But there's lots and lots of optimism around the club again. Um, which is amazing. And um, and I think we're in this weird space now going into the season where we kind of have to try and make sense of it all and, and try and essentially, I think, be realistic about where we're at and be realistic about how how likely we are to, to start the season, for example, in the way that we did last time out. I mean, we started with five victories last time. It was the perfect start. Confidence built off the back of that. And then we were off and we were on a run. And and for the most part, you know, we had a fit side. We had key players available when we really needed them. And just at the back end of the season, when that changed a little bit, the momentum was lost. And Arsenal, unfortunately, were picked by obviously a very, very good Manchester City side. Uh, We're going to get into our season preview here. We're going to be talking league position. We're going to be talking Champions League, player of the year, in our opinion. Who do we think is going to take that on? We're going to talk about the ones to watch, top goal scorer. We're going to also discuss dealing with that weight of expectation. So there's lots and lots to get into. But before we do that, just a couple of very, very quick messages. So first of all, we've been telling you for a little while here on YouTube that we want to get to 30,000 subscribers by the end of the year. That was the goal, 30,000. We've just hit 29,000 today. So we should, we should hit that 30,000 well ahead of schedule, but we need your support. So if you are watching this and you're not subscribed to the channel, it doesn't cost a thing. What are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. Leave a like on the video as well. That really, really does help. And secondly, if you haven't got your tickets already for the Guna Talk TV's live event coming up this Sunday, uh, make sure you get them in because they are going to run out. There's just a few days to go. Go into the link in the description. uh, Head over there. Buy your tickets. It will be Tom Canton of the Guna Talk TV. It's his event. Myself. FK from the Latte Firm uh, and Bailey Keogh, as well as Mike from the Gunas podcast will all be there and it will be a great night. So do get involved in that as well. Right, James, uh, let's do this then. Let's talk Arsenal. Uh, Let's talk the new season. First of all, what are your thoughts on the summer business? A lot of people are excited by it. Declan Rice in, Kai Havertz in, uh, although that one may be, uh, I guess, divided opinion a little bit. 
Patience. Union Timbers come. Patience. Exactly. Exactly. I agree with you. But how have you felt about the summer window overall? Oh, look, it's been it's been brilliant. I, I genuinely couldn't have hoped for a better window for Arsenal, to be honest with you. I don't think we we can always want more. And I guess football fans at times can kind of go into that strange world where we go, oh, yeah, but why don't we sign Mbappe or something like that? But look, we signed Declan Rice. And I can't tell you how, for me personally, how I look at Declan Rice as the overall package of, he is everything we need and more. We've needed someone like that in the middle of the park for many, many years. And it's not just his ability on the pitch. It's his leadership off the pitch. It's his personality. It's his willingness to win. And I felt like he's the guy that, you know, when when the chips are down, they'll be looking at him. And he's the one who'll be able to rally those troops around him to get them up for the fight. And I think it's a terrific sign-in. Durian Timber is is superb. He's going to fit in perfectly. He's just that perfectly fitted fullback into Mikel Teta's style. You know, he likes that hybrid position. He's that guy. He's very strong as well. He might not be the tallest defender, but he's so strong, really talented, confident on the ball. He will really add something to what we're doing. David Rea, I mean, it's going to get done. It will be very, very soon. I'm certain of that. I mean, that's competition for places all over the park. I mean, to be able to sit there to start the season off, you know, and I am presuming this is going to happen, but it will happen, guys. But to have Ramsdale and Rea battling out for your number one, whereas last season it's Ramsdale and Matt Turner, we're on a completely different level now. And, and I'm going to throw Kai Havertz in the mix. Now, yeah, look, there's going to be, and I understand a lot of scepticism surrounding Kai Havertz, and I, I get it. And, you know, I'm open. I, I'm all open. I listen to everybody's opinion on it. But I would just say give him time. Give him time. Let him settle. But what he does for Arsenal and Arteta is he gives us a different option. He gives us another option. And last season... Every Arsenal fan out there could write down the starting eleven that Mikel Arteta was going to select. Week in, week out. Bar maybe the slight change, Martinelli, Trossard. You knew the starting eleven. Now we've got so many different options that he could go with. And Kai Havertz is a, will be a big part of that. So, look, I think the business is great. It shows real ambition from the owners. I was a little bit worried at the back end of last season that it would be like, oh, my God, we've had this incredible season we we'll become second, challenge for a Premier League title for the first time uh, in a long, long time. And then the owners might not put more money in to back them some more, but have done completely opposite of what I was uh, thinking. Maybe I was just a bit negative at the time, as we all get at times. But he, they've been supported. They like what Arteta's doing, like what Edu's doing. Um, I think we should be really happy with the business. That comes from a kind of PTSD, I guess, that we've developed as Arsenal fans over the years, though, doesn't it? Where, you know, we we always felt like we were on the cusp of something and whenever we needed one or two signings potentially to take it to the next level. Unfortunately, it didn't happen for whatever reason. But you're right. They've shown incredible ambition this summer. I mean, to pay what they paid for Declan Rice um, and go that far is incredible. Um, you know, Yuri and Timber, I think there's really, really good value at the price that we got him for. Kai Havertz, I would argue that maybe we slightly overpaid for him, but that's the guy that Arteta wanted. And so the club were willing to make that happen. David Raya, another one, you know, it's a £30 million deal, we're being told. Well, he's in the final year of his contract. So even that, you could argue, is kind of going a little bit above and beyond to get your player. But this is the thing, if Arteta and Edu identify someone and want them, they have this backing at the moment from the ownership, within reason, of course, to be able to go out and make those deals happen. If I remember rightly, James, you sat down with Mikel Arteta, didn't you, at the back end of last season? I've had the the pleasure of interviewing him a couple of times over the course of last season, but it would have been in a radio room straight after a match, two, three questions maximum. But obviously you sat down with him. What What did you kind of take away from that in terms of, I, I just find him really, really intense, not in a bad way, but I find him really, really intense. And, you know, I can imagine that if you're playing for him, you'd always be on edge, which is kind of a good thing in terms of maintaining performance levels. Yeah, he he is intense. Uh, yeah, look, I've, I've sat down with him. I've had time. I've had a little bit of time away from the cameras with him as well, which is 
when you're speaking to any manager, any player, it's so valuable because you really do get to know them. You know, when they've got a camera in their face, it's, it's very different. And I speak to so many players now that are so happy when they talk to the written journalists so much more because there's no camera shoved in front of them. Yeah. So it is different off camera. But look, he's an intense guy. He's an intense guy. I mean, I, I was at his press conference before the uh, Community Shield last week and he was asked by a journalist, you know, what was it like in the off-season where you were able to switch off? And I, I looked over at the journalist who asked the question. He had a smile on his face because we all knew the answer. We all knew he didn't really switch off. And he said, oh, I tried to make it out like I was relaxed and switched off, but my wife might tell you something different. <laughs> so clearly, look, he is that guy. He... He goes home, he takes his work home. What One thing he said, though, that helped him along the way this summer was the good news of the transfers, the players that he wanted, that the club were able to get those deals done, uh, which is a real positive. But look, he's he's a, he's a great guy. He's a, he's a thinker. He's always looking at new ways of playing. He's always looking at new solutions. He's passionate. Uh, he, he's got that... He's got that side to him. He's got that switch, as we saw as a player. Uh, he's certainly brought that into his management style too. Can be difficult to read. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I, I can't say. I, I speak. To, I'm fortunate in my job to speak to a lot of Premier League managers, but he's one that I just. I'm still like, feel like I'm bashing those doors down to try and just get to, get a little bit closer to him. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely got his, got his guard up when it comes to the media. Um, which is fine, and I, I respect that, and everybody's different. Uh, but he also did tell he did tell me uh, last season off camera. He said, Do "You know, I don't like the cameras. I don't like press conferences. I don't like interviews." And I think that's pretty. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty obvious, to be honest with you. I mean, I was in a press conference at the back end of last season as well. I think it was after it was after victory. I'm trying to think who it was against. It's after the victory towards the end of the season, and um, he literally answered two or three questions, and he, he got up like he's ready to go, and the press officer literally had to say to him look you've got to stick around for a bit more you can't go yet uh he just wants to be with his team um but look he he loves it and as arsenal fans having a manager who's so into it so intensely into it we should be really really happy about that yeah totally agree and yeah totally agree with the press conference point as well when arsenal lose a game he cannot wait to get out of the room and um and and i noticed that the press conferences are significantly shorter um, look, ultimately, you want to go and deal with the situation. You don't want to be sitting there being asked some of the time annoying questions. And I know that, you know, people in our industry are just doing their job and will ask things that they feel are going to draw lines out of Mikel Arteta. That's ultimately their job. But he's not one that hides his frustration at some of those questions. Sometimes there was there was a, a question asked about Granite Xhaka, I remember, at the end of last season. You Did know, I ask it? No, 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 it wasn't you. <laughs> there was a question asked um, about sort of, you know, was it sad to kind of say your goodbyes to him? And he sort of went, he's not gone yet. Like, what are you like? We all knew he was gone, though. So it was just like Mikel Arteta biting to something, really. We all knew he was gone. At no point did Granite Xhaka come out after there were banners saying thank you and goodbye. At no point did he squash that chat at all. And I remember in the mix zone after that game, Granite Xhaka came over and said goodbye to everyone and sort of shook their hands. And, and it was kind of like, well, we know he's going. So like, stop this whole sort of act, I guess. But yeah, that's the way he is. And, um, you know, he, he can get a bit intense on the touchlines as well. We know that he gets uh, a lot of criticism for that. But ultimately, I, I absolutely but adore him. I think he's you, great. You say he gets criticism, but mm. I don't see criticism from Arsenal fans. No, absolutely. and and oh. And you won't because for us is someone that cares, is someone that's going along the ride with us. And I think his players probably feel like that as well. I think if you, you know, if we look at the end of Arsene Wenger's reign, the big criticism from fans levelled at him at one of those points was the fact he just used to sit there. And he, he yeah. didn't go on the touchline as much. And we were craving that, like, intensity. We were seeing it bore over with the likes of Jurgen Klopp, Pep Guardiola. We were almost envious of these younger, passionate uh, almost hungrier managers, and I think that was a frustration at the time. But now we're, you know, we're seeing it in full fruition, and you know, he seems to be getting the best out of these players too. So look, it's 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 a good it's a good time to be an Arsenal fan at the moment. We should Absolutely. be really happy. Absolutely. Uh, before we dive into our predictions, this wasn't part of the plan, but a bit of breaking news has just dropped that I think 
uh, we need to touch on. Uh, David Ornstein has just put a tweet out, which this has surprised me. I've got to say, uh, we got to touch on this just briefly, but here it is. Um, look at that. Apparently, Arsenal's deal. Hold on a second. What am I doing here? Here we go. There we go. Let's get ourselves back there. Anyway, let me just bring this in full screen, full view for everybody that's watching us on YouTube at the moment. Look at this. Wow. According to David Ornstein, Arsenal are taking David Raya on loan for three million pounds with a twenty-seven million pound buy option. That is, that is wild. Does Where that, that come from? And, and that's no obligation. It says £27 million buy option. It says exclusive Arsenal taking David Raya on £3 million loan plus £27 million buy option. Now That would mean he signed a Brentford contract extension. Yeah, Brentford was... would get the fee if Arsenal sign and retain value. If not, said his goodbyes today, medical likely Thursday. We're at the paperwork stage. Wow. I mean, that's, yeah, it's a it's an unbelievable deal. I was actually with, I was with Thomas Frank yesterday. And yep. uh, I had a good sit down with him and we talked again off camera. We talked more about David Rye, but on camera, he still is such an open manager. And he, his frustration with it or with that deal was how long everything was taking uh, to happen because we knew and he knew towards the end of last season, even midway through last season, that David Rye basically spoke to him and said, look, this is my last season. I want to go. I want the opportunity to play Champions League football. And it was, uh, so they knew he was going to go. And the dealers with Arsenal have been going on for some time as well. He thought it was simple case. This is his value. This is what, if you pay that, he's gone. And he was frustrated with how complicated it was getting. Now, looking at that and looking at that tweet from David Ornson, you can see why the complexities came in. Because obviously Arsenal are trying to, negotiate and deal this slightly differently they know that david raya is desperate to get out of brentford yeah. and they're taking advantage of that it looks like i mean that that is a tremendous bit of business that really really is i mean three million for a year of david raya even if it doesn't work out three million that's incredible yeah it's incredible. crazy isn't it and i remember waking up to this news because i was in america last week so i woke up to this news you know, it, it dropped in the UK, but obviously the time difference meant that I was kind of waking up to it. And there we go. I think my audio's back. Typical. You muted yourself. Of course, my audio will go mid-show. Anyway, um, I think you guys can still hear me until I fix that. But yeah, I was. I woke up to it, and I was completely surprised. And I thought, hold on a minute, where is this coming from? And and where? have we got the money from you know how much money are we going to spend this summer but and then when I heard Thomas Frank sort of complaining about how long it was taking it didn't make sense to me and now you can understand maybe why Thomas Frank feels like Arsenal are taking liberties a little bit it's business right it's football's business and it, it's at the end of the day it's not a liberty because the other side has to agree to it so you, you you're not taking any liberties people might take liberties with offers for players but it's down to the other side to then reject them and kind of brush them off. You know, like Arsenal did back uh, back in the day with Luis Suarez with the £40 million and one pound offer. Arsenal probably taking a liberty in that situation. Well, Liverpool just rejected it out of hand and that was that. So, look, I think uh, I, I don't think Arsenal are taking liberties. I think it's just a negotiation between the two clubs. It, often, it obviously works for Brentford in some way. They get, a, get rid of a player that didn't want to be there. They can settle down with their squad. He's in his last year of his contract. They're, they're kind of keeping the value of the player, even if it doesn't work out for Arsenal. They've still got a £30 million player at the end of the season that they can sell somewhere else if needs be. So it, it kind of works. It works. Bear with me a second, mate. I've, my audio is completely gone. Hold on. Give me a second just to fix this one sec. Uh, hold on. Typical. You're on a live stream. This is what happens, right? Can't do much about it, unfortunately. Technology gremlins uh, have got me today. Give me one sec. Let me just uh, unplug this and reset it, and we'll pop in uh, another mic in the meantime. Austin um, seems to say it's better now. Hold on. Where are we? Where are we? Apologies for this, guys. Give me one sec. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna have a look at some of the messages in the chat. 
what do you, you know think? Ever the, the professional trying to keep it going while we're going. Don't know what's going on. I can't even hear James at the moment. That's all right. Terrible. Moments. Hopefully they can hear me. I don't know. It's back in. Maybe they can. Let's put this back in and we'll see if we can uh, get back on track whilst we're live. Got over 300 people watching and my mic's decided to crash. Can you hear me, James? I can you hear can you. Hear me, right? I yeah, can definitely Everyone else can hear me, but I can't hear you, which is Hopefully they I'm going to log back out. Stay on. Stay here. I'm going to log back out. I mean, literally one second. Don't go anywhere. The stream's still running. I will stay, guys. I will stay. Oh, good question. Hey, James, who is your favourite player? Uh, oh, current. I tell you what, what, I haven't really got, I would say, a favourite player. Oh, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just keep it going for Harry. <laughs> uh, favourite player. I haven't got a favourite player. I'll tell you one that I think we should all watch out for this season is... Leandro Trossard. Now, Leandro Trossard in training, I know the players around Arsenal are so impressed. They seem to, from what they've been telling me, they've been seeing levels that are just rising and rising, rising every single time. Declan Rice is a big fan of Leandro Trossard. They get on really well. Uh, a little bit of an insight as well that actually with Declan Rice, when he joined, he was a little bit unsure around the training ground he felt a little bit lost for a few weeks at times he didn't know where to sit when he was going for lunch uh he just felt you know it's like a new person you go into a new school or a new workplace you know you don't really know everybody and people talk about the fact that you know he's England teammates with Ramsdale and Saka but they don't know each other as well as seeing each other day in day out with your yeah. team so it's actually taken him a little bit of time to settle himself in so i think he, even though you know he's playing in the premier league he might need a little bit more time i think to get himself adjusted to life at arsenal totally agree with that totally agree with that james thank you so much mate for holding the fort there i don't know what happened um my little uh extension thing where all the cables are plugged into just decided to power off um, but anyway we're back uh, thank you everyone for bearing with us as well uh we have had these issues in the past but not for a little while i thought they were behind us Anyway, here we go. Um, so, yeah, big, big news that on uh, on David Raya. But anyway, let's get into our season preview. Um, league position. How are you feeling about this? Because there's a part of me that wants to say first. There's a part of me that wants to say we are going to win the Premier League. We are going to go one step further than we did last time out. But there's also a reluctance in me to do that. And it's not because I don't believe in Arsenal. It's because of how much I still rate Manchester City. Where are you in terms of your prediction? And it's really difficult in these shows and in these circumstances because a prediction, you're aiming to get it right. It's not what your heart wants necessarily. And some people find that difficult to listen to in terms of, you know, when you're, when you're trying to be realistic. But for me, league position is second in terms of my prediction. So I'm interested to see how you see it. Yeah, I think it, it's difficult to think that we can just spend one summer transfer window and be able to close the gap to Manchester City. I'd be interested to see what sort of business City do between now and the close of the transfer window. I think they're going to still be quite active, whereas we got a, a lot of our business done early, which will benefit us definitely to start the season. I can see I can see some similarities to last season in the fact that you know, we've got quite nice fixtures to start the season off as well, that we could get on a good have a good start. City look, to me, they look really undercooked on Sunday. Very undercooked. A couple of players in particular just looked like they need a, a good two or three more weeks pre-season. But uh, it's hard to bet against City. You know, we, we've we been used to playing, OK, a bit of Europa League, but play Champions League, the intensity of Champions League football in the midway and then keep our game high for the weekend's Premier League games, I think is going to be a real challenge. And I think we need to all be a little bit realistic that that is going to be a step up for our squad. It's going to be harder, but look, we've got a stronger squad than we did last season. We're certainly more than capable of dealing with it, but can we deal with that added intensity? Because let's be honest, Europa League games, many changes were made most Thursday nights anyway. So the squad was fairly fresh throughout the season for the Premier League. I just think that's probably going to be where we struggle a little bit, something that Manchester City are very familiar with, as we well know. So, look, I, I think it's going to be close. I hope it's going to be close. And I would love to tell everybody 
number one. I really would. I would love to. But I'll tell you what, I'd rather be surprised uh, than to kind of set my bar far too high and to be disappointed. So I'm going to safely say second. It'll be more okay. competitive this year, though. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think we've also got a squad that can compete on multiple fronts, which certainly wasn't the case last season. I remember sort of when we got to the second part of the season and we were still in a really good position in the league, there was a part of me that was really reluctant to see us or to want us to go big in the cup competitions, even the Europa League, because you felt that we were going to qualify for the Champions League via the league and you'd have rather won the Premier League than the Europa League. So, yeah, it was um, it was an interesting one. What about the Champions League? Because we're back in that competition after a long time out. I don't want to see us go back into the competition as a side just there to make up the numbers. This is a side, I believe, that is capable of, of going very, very far. Um, when I think about the teams I'm scared of, with the exception of two or three, it is the Premier League sides. Outside of that, you know, there's your Real Madrid's, there's your Bayern Munich's, the clubs that have that pedigree in Europe's Premier competition and all the rest of it. But I, I really do believe that Arsenal can go far in this competition and, and will be there more than just to make up numbers. How about you? How do you feel about what, yeah, how far Arsenal should be aiming to get in this competition? Oh, they should be aiming to compete as deep into the competition as they possibly can. As you mentioned, the squad. Look, I, I really, one aspect, you look, step away and you just look at the strength of the squad this season. It just looks so much stronger. It's amazing how one transfer window can completely transition the strength of a squad. And, and it has done. And I think they've got the depth to deal with injuries in multiple positions. There might be some that might crop up, i.e., Declan Rice, if he picks up a knock, you know, are we lacking in that central midfield area? Probably. Uh, we might have to rely on El Nenny getting back to fitness and providing us some minutes in the middle. But look, I, I think across the field, defensively, I think we look stronger. You know, we've got to hope that Saliba stays fit, but him and Gabriel formed such a great partnership. I thought Gabriel last season actually was probably our most improved player last year. I thought he cut out a lot of his rash mistakes that he made yeah. the previous season. I thought he was a lot more sturdy. He showed to me a lot more leadership characters as, uh, characteristics as well. You know, you look, fullback area, we're completely inundated now. So I think that sort of line, throw David Raya, Aaron Ramsdale in the mix. Attacking players, I think we've got plenty of attacking threat. I know everybody will say, oh, we still need maybe that number nine goal scorer, but you know, there's plenty of players there that are able to provide us something in that position. So, look, I think I think they can go deep. I think Mikel Tessa will want them to go as deep as he can. He'll be taking the competition extremely seriously. And like you said, you know, who are we threatened by? What clubs are we threatened to meet in the knockout stages? And I tell you what, I, I, I think it's quite limited compared to where Arsenal is, so to speak. So that's not undermining other teams. I just think the level we're at now, yeah. I don't think we should be too afraid of that many teams in the knockout stages. Completely agree. Completely agree. For me, it's a minimum of quarterfinals. That's where I want to see Arsenal. And I think we should be aiming for at least a semi-final. I think we're that good. I, I really, really do. And obviously in cup competitions, you need a bit of fortune along the way. You know, you need the draw to go your way. Um but yeah, I'm I'm so excited about us being back in the Champions League. I can't wait to get down to Emirates Stadium and hear that anthem play out again, particularly before they ruin the competition next season with this new format, which is awful. Um, so I'm even more desperate for us to make it this one, the one that we go on and win, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think we can we can go really, really far in this. In terms of who you think will be the player of the year, and I know this is difficult because Often, um, you know, we don't know how a season's going to pan out. You can have high hopes for a player and maybe they pick up an injury that disrupts that. You know, last season, I don't think anybody, as much as people were talking about William Saliba and saying, you know, he's great and he's, he should be brought back and all the rest of it. I don't think anybody, honestly, hand on heart, expected him to come in and have the impact that he did. He was kind of the a bit of a surprise package for Arsenal last season. I mean... For me, the obvious choice when it comes to player of the year would be somebody like Bukayo Saka, but there are multiple contenders here. So who are you thinking is going to really sort of push forward and take on that mantle potentially next season? Yes, it's, it's a difficult one. I think you're kind of right with Saliba. I, 
I would say last season, if I'm going back to last season just a little bit, the World Cup break, after the World Cup break, I felt like he struggled a little bit, actually. And I felt like that's where Gabriel kind of showed his own because he it was almost like when one struggled, the other one stepped up. And at that period, I felt Gabriel really, really helped him out. But look, Saliba looks strong. Uh, he looks like he's come back really strong after that back injury. Preseason, he looks really good. I think he's going to be, if it, like I said, if we can keep him fit for the whole season, I think he could be a, a real standout uh, for us this year. So I, I expect him to go to the next level. Because like you said, I think we can all agree that, come on, we didn't expect that from him. First season in the Premier League uh, to be able to perform at that high level. But, you know, see him, I know it's only the Community Shield, but he just looked, there's something about him, he just looked right on the money for me. I think he's one that will make strides this year. Um, Erdegaard was, you know, had a terrific year, another year experience in the Premier League. I think he's one, I think he's really important for us. When he has a good game, we tend to have a good game. When he drifts away and out of games, we tend to struggle. He's quite pivotal, actually, to what what we do. Uh, but look, the one I'm going to throw in there, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm really in between two, and it's only because of the Trossard effect. I still I I, I think Leandro Trossard need, we need to get him in the team somehow, but I don't know how because you have got Gabriel Martinelli, who I'd love to see really make a step up again because I I can see Gabriel Martinelli as that number nine striker actually. Uh, we saw him certainly in preseason in the Community Shield as well make those runs inside a little bit more. I'd like to see that more now. If you're playing like a Trossard in the false nine position that allows you to do that. Um, but one of those two, I just want them to have a bit of a, a real break, even a bigger breakout season. But we need it. And we need, I, I feel like we need one of those forward line, forward line players to score more goals now because look, we know about Haaland. He's probably going to score 60 this year or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. But I, I feel like we need somebody on 20 goals this year, 20, 20 plus if we can. Maybe Martinelli could be that man. I'm gonna. I said that Bukayo Saka would be the obvious choice, but I'm gonna go with Martin Odegaard um, because I just think year on year. I know Saka has too, but I think year on year Odegaard's got better and better and better. I remember when he came in on loan. Um, initially, he looked really good, really sharp, really fit. On top of obviously having this incredible technical ability. Then he picked up an injury and he kind of went off the boil a little bit. And there's a lot of division within the Arsenal fan base. I remember our listeners on here sort of getting involved in the comments and saying, I don't know if we should keep this guy. I don't know if we should go and pay what Real Madrid want. But Arsenal obviously saw something in him, trusted in him. Then, you know, last season, I think he really went up a level in terms of his contributions. Now, he was always great at passing. He always worked incredibly hard. He was always super creative. But last season, 15 goals for a midfield is a really, really good return. And he just took his game up to that next level. And I think there was a lot of work done on sort of some of the positions he takes up, arriving late in the box, all of that stuff. And I think when we talk about having like a 20 goal a season man, I think obviously that would be great. But I think a lot of the work that Jesus did facilitated those spaces for Odegaard, for Saka to come in from the right, for Martinelli to come in from the left. And there is a part of me that's worried that if we do go out and bring in this 20 goal a season striker, 25 goal a season striker, as much as that would be great, it might take away a little bit from what's worked so well in terms of getting everybody involved in the goals and getting everybody involved in the build-up all of the time and having people, different people on the end of opportunity. So I'm I'm a little bit, I don't know, going into this summer, I was scared about the changes in midfield as well mm. because I felt like the midfield balance last time out with Xhaka, Partey and Odegaard was so good that you almost run the risk of messing it up a little bit if you tinker with it too much. Um, so I guess I feel that way kind of with the forward positions as well. But my shout for player of the year is going to be the captain, uh, Martin Odegaard. One to watch. Who is somebody that you look at and think this is your time? maybe hasn't fulfilled their potential just yet. And I could think of a few players that probably fall into this category, but who's the one for you that you're really keeping a close eye on and hoping really blows up for Arsenal in the coming season? I feel like I said it again. Um, uh, Trossard, there's just something, there's something telling me about Trossard. Every time I see him, he looks dangerous. He offers something, he actually offers something so different to what we've got. And it, he, he finds these pockets of spaces. He picks up different positions than you'd expect. He's, 
yeah, they, I just think he's a, he's going to be a danger man. And it's just how we use him, how we utilize him. Now, look, he might well be one that could be happy coming off the bench at times. I don't know how long he could be happy doing that job for. We know with the additional minutes now that actually, you know, you're coming on after 50 minutes, you've still got maybe another 50 minutes of football still to go. So you might well see substitutes being used in a slightly different way uh, this year. I'd be intrigued. I'd be intrigued and I really want to see a step up in Ben White this year. And I think with the signing of Timber, Tommy Asu coming back, he's one that really needs to step up his game, in my opinion. I think if you're looking at that Arsenal team, where could you get at Arsenal? I just feel like that Ben White position, a right back position looks a little bit sometimes I'm just not convinced yet. He needs to be more confident on the ball, which I think he's getting there. But to fit that Arsenal system of Arteta's with the hybrid fullbacks, I think Arteta will want to see more. So I'll be intrigued to see, certainly when you know Zinchenko comes back to fitness, does he then move Timber to the right-hand side? And is Ben White going to be maybe a backup centre-back, which ultimately he's a centre-back by trade? So... So look, Trossard's going to be my, I'm still going to stick with Trossard, but I think it's time that a lot of these players that now are going to feel like, right, my place is not guaranteed this season. Yeah. Nobody's place is guaranteed. And this is why Ramsdale, I think Ramsdale's going to have a superb season. Because if you read that piece in the Players' Tribune about the kind of guy he is, the character he is, that when he joined Arsenal, there was so much negativity surrounding his signing. He saw it and he used it as motivation. And what, within three months, four months, he had displaced Burnt Leno and established himself as the number one. At times, maybe a little bit relaxed last season. All of a sudden, you've got a new signing coming in. I just think it's going to propel him to another level. So I haven't answered your question, have I, Harry? I haven't given you one. But I've well, given you've you gone, with, you've yes. gone with Trossard. You've gone with Trossard. I think just just quickly on the white point, I actually think White did really, really well playing at right back. Where I'm a little bit unsure is not about his ability to play in that position or, or whether he's worth a place in the team. Where I'm a little bit unsure about Ben White is where his future lays. I don't know if there is going to be a point where he is moved back to being centre-back. And if this was a temporary measure that Arsenal put in place in order to kind of get him game time because he is still relatively young. Um, get him in the side and, and deal with a need in the short term. But ultimately, the investment was made on him as a centre-back. I'm, I'm not sure what the long-term plan is for Ben White. That's where I'm a little bit unsure. As for Trossard, I, I think you're, you're right to highlight that Leandro Trossard still has more to offer Arsenal. Because he came from a fellow Premier League club last season and because he did so well straight off the bat, I think people forgot or, or, or started overlooking the fact that he'd still joined the new team, a new club with a new manager, with new teammates, and that his environment was different and that he needed a bit of time to kind of get to grips with what he was meant to be doing and, and who he should be linking up with. And the fact that he was playing in a side that was now a favourite, if you like, in comparison to Brighton, where there's that little bit more pressure. So I'm really, really excited to see how he does this season. I think he's going to be our impact man. I think he's going to spend a lot of time or start a lot of games from the bench, but I'm sure he'll get his fair share of minutes and I'm sure uh, he'll take advantage of those minutes because, I mean, in pre-season, I don't know if you agree, I think he was the best performer. I think he was superb. Really, really good. My one to watch is, um, look, I think there's a few people you could throw in here. So I think you could put Emil Smith-Rowe in here because obviously last season was really difficult for him. He didn't play uh, the first half of the season. When he came back from that injury, the team was performing really well and it was difficult for him to work his way back in. So I'd say it's a big season for him. But, but Harry, what I'd say yeah. with Emil Smith-Rowe, where's he getting his minutes? Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. This is the problem. You know, um, I'm, I, I, I'm a fan of his because he's from the academy. He's young, hungry. He's an Arsenal boy. I just, I don't know where he's going to get the minutes from. And my problem, and the problem with that is, Someone like Emil Smith-Rowe, to me, needs consistency. He needs to be playing week in, week out to be able to progress and see the best of him. And I just don't see where he's going to be able to get that longevity and that run in the side to be able to maybe show what he can do. And ultimately, he's not better than those in front of him. 
And I don't see him being able to show that he is better to be able to displace those players ahead of him in the pecking order. So I think it's, I think it's going to be a tricky season for him again. I think it could be quite frustrating if I'm honest with you. Um, but look, the one good thing is he's a player that has a big value on his head. And if we are to move him on at some point, we know we can recoup recoup a lot of money for him. And I think that's yeah. been such a big criticism of Arsenal over the years is that we're not developing players. We're not improving players and players are leaving on small transfer fees. Well, I, I can see that changing now. I can see looking around that squad, we've got actually some high value players that if they're not right for the system, if they don't fit, we can move them on. Like for, throw like Balogun in that mix as well. Uh, and I think that's a positive. So look, if, if we do eventually move Emil Smith row one, so be it. Well, we'll be able to get 30 million for him, which yeah. is great for the club's future. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think it's a big season for him in that if he doesn't make the breakthrough now, if he doesn't regain a place somewhere along the line. And even if he does, even if he is a bit part player, even if he's someone that's used in a similar way to Leandro Trossard comes on for the last half an hour, 25 minutes of a game looking to impact it. He might not be satisfied with that. You know, it wasn't that long ago he was given the number 10 shirt and this bumper new contract and and the project was being built around him. And now he's kind of fallen away. And that's not his fault. It's not Arsenal's fault. It's not that they've mistreated him or anything like that. Things change really quickly in football. And unfortunately, when you're on the sidelines, things can happen that obviously impact your position. But I think the one I'm going to go for in terms of one to watch, I'm going to go with Fabio Vieira. For most of last season, I, I sort of kept urging patience with Fabio Vieira. I know we paid a fair amount of money for him, £35 million, whatever it was. And that meant that there was an expectation in him to perform from the outset. But honestly, I think there is a real player in there. I think technically he's superb. I think he takes up really, really good positions. I think the way to go with Fabio Vieira is probably to use him as someone that comes on in a wide position because I don't think he's got the physicality necessarily to play through the middle. And I think when he does play there, he's ending up doing things that just don't come naturally to him. So I think for me, if you're talking about who's going to back up Bukayo Saka, he's probably the one for me at the moment on the right-hand side. And I think we saw it when he came on on Sunday, some clever movement, getting into some good areas. I think it caused Manchester City a few problems. So he's the one that I'm really looking forward to seeing how he pushes on. Because I think... Although as fans, there's been maybe a loss of faith in him. I don't think that's ever been the case with Mikel Arteta. I think he's persisted with him whenever he's had the opportunity. And um, and when I think about the games in which he started, for the most part, uh, when he's played in those wide areas and he's not necessarily been uh, expected to, to get into the middle of the pitch and get stuck in, I think he's done okay. So he's the one for me. Um, top goal scorer. You mentioned earlier someone that you think could potentially go on and get 20 or goals this season. Are you still, uh, is that the player you're going to pick then for for top goal scorer or has yeah. your mind changed during the conversation? Look, the, the, the easy option I think for us all is probably to chuck it on Saka because he's mm. the one that we know is going to be guaranteed those minutes throughout the season. And I have no doubt he'll probably have as good a season as last season. Um, but for me, I, I'm I'm going to put my neck out and I'm, I'm going to throw it around Martinelli. I, I really am. I, I just, there's something telling me inside that he's going to be the one this season. I, I don't know why. Don't shoot me down if he, if he struggles this season. I, there's just, I just want to see him utilise more and being given those opportunities to come inside more. And if he's able to do that and look, you know, if we can get Gabriel Jesus fit, we'll see the best of Gabriel Martinelli because those two work so well. Jesus moves to the left. Martinelli comes inside. Uh, Saka and Erdegaard work so well on that right-hand side. So I, I can see that happening. Look, um, but then if my man Trossard displaces him, who knows? But look, it's great, isn't it? Look how many options we've got. We've, we haven't once men mentioned Eddie and Ketir either in that mix. And I tell you what, I think as a Mick Arteta player in that position... We shouldn't underestimate his importance when he does come in. I thought he was, I watched him, uh, I was there at the Emirates for the Monaco preseason game and actually he was superb. He works so hard and he runs into the channels. He's a nuisance. I'd love him to be able to score more goals, but I tell you what, he works so hard for the team and it, it works with those attacking players and the strengths that we've got behind that forward line. So, um, 
Yeah, I haven't given you an answer, really. I'm going to say Martinelli <laughs> to stick my neck out, but I'm really sitting on the fence. Honestly, it's, it's, I blame Sky Sports News for it. I really do. It's changed me. <laughs> nice one, mate. Um, just to kind of round off then, um, I'm interested to know your thoughts on how Arsenal deal with the weight of expectation that they're now carrying going into this season. Because you rewind 12 months back and it was let's get into the Champions League. And that was literally it. And if we can have a great cup run, happy days. But ultimately, what we're here to do is to get this club back into the Champions League. Fast forward 12 months and you end up in a position where you spent a lot more money. You've got a much better squad. People are now more convinced about your credentials as a side. People are more convinced about Mikel Arteta's credentials as a manager. And there are people out there that are expecting Arsenal now to go on and win the Premier League. If I, I know we're not managers, right? But how would you cope with that? What what is the coping mechanism? I know it's easy. It's easy in theory to say, just do your thing, play your game, focus on it one game at a time. But there is this weight of expectation now that is going to really weigh heavy. I think in scenarios where maybe Arsenal go behind in a game, or you know, when they, they're on a, a bad run of two or three results. There's so much more pressure now. Is that going to be a problem or is that something that Arsenal can use as fuel? I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how this is going to go. Yeah, I think there was expectation last season. Uh, you know, when the way Arsenal started the season, put themselves in a position, leading the Premier League for so long, the expectation was there last year and the expectation within the squad for Mikel was there that they wanted to win the league. They knew they were in a position to get it. It's not every season you're going to be in a position where you're so many points ahead of Manchester City and you really have got a real opportunity to grab a Premier League title. They don't come around very often. You know, we've only seen it three times. And that expectation was high. And unfortunately, at the end, it probably became a bit too much for a young squad and we are going up against the juggernaut of Manchester City. Let's not forget last year they won the treble. Absolutely astonishing achievement. That is the, to me, that was the best best team I've ever seen in the Premier League era uh, last season in Manchester City. And we pushed them as far as we did. Um, look, expectation will be there because Mikel Arteta will expect it from the players. He wants more. He expects better. He doesn't, he won't settle with poor performances. He will push that team to another level this year. I have absolutely no doubt about it. So look, handling expectation, I think at times we went behind in games and we came back. I think in the past, we would never have done that. As Arsenal fans, we used to, oh, they're behind, arms up in the air, right, that's it, it's gone. They haven't got they haven't got the balls inside them to be able to actually bounce back. But we saw a completely different team last year. And I think another season with the additions that they've brought in, all players who have won trophies recently too, which is really important, now we're seeing a collective force in that team that are able to meet Mikel Arteta's expectations of them. And I don't see it as a problem. I see it as actually they're excited about that. They're excited to be talked about as now, right, OK, everyone's looking out for Arsenal. And they love that and they want that added expectation. I'm telling you right now, that is all fed from the manager and that's what he drives in them every single day. So look... I don't think it should be a problem at all. you got to embrace it, right? If you want to compete for the biggest trophies, if you want to be regarded as elite, then you will come up against pressured situations mm -hmm. and you have to be able to overcome them. And I think, although we've got quite a young group still, I think there's a real togetherness and I think there are characters in that group that will help each other through the difficult moments. If somebody has a difficult moment individually, which we know can happen in football, you can make a mistake that... It takes a bit of time to get over and, and we've, we've all seen it before. If you've got the right people around you, that helps so, so much, you know, in any walk of life. If you go through a difficult experience, if you've got the right people there to help lift you up again. You can get through it. And um, and I think that's kind of how they're going to have to cope with the pressure as a as a collective, as a unit. Um, and, and I think that's going to be key. But yeah, um, embrace it, I guess, is the kind of final word on that. Um, enjoy it. Enjoy, yeah, enjoy it. it. Exactly. You know, look at where we are. Yeah, look at this squad. Look at what we're talking about. We're talking about potentially winning the Premier League, back playing Champions League football. I mean, a, couple, a few seasons ago, this was just a, like a dream, wouldn't it? It'd be a dream, a distant 
thing in the future that we'd look at and go, no chance, no chance we're going to be in that position in a couple of years. And look where we are. And I think as fans, and I'm sure they will do, I know what the Emirates is like. The last couple of years, the Emirates has just got better and better. so much, hasn't it? It's changed so much. The atmosphere is fantastic now. Honestly, it's such a brilliant place to go now. And I think the fans are going to embrace it. We saw it again. We saw that last year. It went behind in games. All of a sudden, fans, instead of this moaning, groaning, it was this Arsenal, Arsenal. It was completely different. And the players are looking around going, hold on a minute. They back us. They believe us. Yeah. And we're going to have more of that this year. It's, it's. I'm excited. I'm buzzing. I can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait for the weekend. Really, really can't wait for the weekend to get back down to Emirates Stadium for a competitive game of football. Um, James, thank you so, so much, mate. Really, really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for coming on uh, to look ahead to the brand spanking new season with me. Um, let people know where they can follow you, how they can keep up to date with your excellent work. It is excellent. I'm not just saying it because you're here. It is brilliant. Um, you're smashing it. Love to see you doing well. Uh, it's so great. So, um, yeah, let people know how they can uh, keep tabs with what you're doing. I appreciate it. I will slip you that money next time I see you. <laughs> um, look, James Green in UK on all my socials. I'm on Sky Sports News here, there and everywhere, it seems at the moment. Um, I'm off to Luton tomorrow. There you go. So I'll check out Luton, see see what they're about going into the new season. Um, have you yes. been there? Have you been there recently? Not to there? the training ground. I went to, the, oh, I've, okay. been to their, I've been to their ground recently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great. Different. It's different. It's different. It's brilliant. <laughs> we'll embrace that. No, no doubt about it. But um, yeah, come and give me a follow. Drop me a message. I always like to reply to people, especially if they talk sense and, uh, you know, these guys looking at your comments actually. And, and you've got some good fans in there that actually talk, a lot of good football. I like it. So uh, drop me a message at any point. And I always like to engage in a bit of a football chat. Brilliant stuff. James, and thanks also, again. don't have a go at me if you see me at Tottenham, because unfortunately, I have to go to Tottenham quite a lot. It's part of the job. It's part of the job, mate. We, you know, um, like it's, it's a great job. And, and unfortunately, that is the downside of it. But every it job has a downside, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially if they know you're a gooner as well, which I'm sure they do, because it isn't exactly a secret, is it? They all know. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> James, thank you so, so much, mate. Really, really appreciate your time. As I say, guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for bearing with me when my microphone decided to explode midway through the show as well. Big thanks to James uh, for covering there. You could tell he's a pro, right? You can tell it's, 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 it's there. Um, really, really appreciate the support as always. There's over 500 of you with us live right now on the stream. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please do leave a like on the video. It really, really does help. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. If you're listening on audio, leave us a review and we'll be back. In fact, in a little while, because we got a chat about this David Raya stuff. So we'll bring you a second piece of content uh, this evening. Give me a bit of time. Grab a cup of coffee. Have a read of what exactly is going on and then we'll hop back on and talk about that as well. Uh, James, thank you so much, mate. Catch you soon. Um, goodbye to everybody and all the best. I'm Martin Tyler. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. <laughs>